Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Doe Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about therapeutic golf. Research has shown that golf therapy improves balance, increases flexibility, and strengthens a person's core to prevent fall risk. Joining us today is Mindy Durr, the founder of For Hope, which is now Ohio Health For Hope in Columbus, Ohio, a therapeutic golf program that helps those living with neurological conditions. Mindy Durr will share with us her inspiration for starting this program. She will also talk about her platform, Mindy's Works, and the importance of golf and wellness. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. Hi, Vicki. How are you? <laughs> I am fine. It's a little bit cloudy. Yes, and I'm sitting up here, and I have a, kind of a wool jacket on, and it's mm-hmm. a little bit cold. It's kind of cold, ain't it? Yeah. It's a little chilly. Yeah, it is. chilly. Yesterday chilly. was 68. It was really nice so yesterday. I think it's probably coming to a screeching halt. I know, and I'm we getting our outside stuff done. I told you I was getting my, my chimney. Yeah, well, you know, my roof is done. It's done. Two they, days. Oh, and they just like that. Out. You had quicker, quicker. I had quicker. 25, the, the <laughs> foreman said, many hands makes light work. Aye. They were in and out of there. That's how you do it. They were in and out of there in two days. The <laughs> roof is done. There it is. Now I got to scramble around and get the money together. <laughs> they finished the roof before I could get to the bank. It was amazing. Isn't Amish, that something? I heard yes. about the Amish doing the stuff oh, that yes. they do. Yes. They were all Amish men. Okay. And they're very good. nice. Yes. They were excellent and all about business. A big time. They were up there on that roof and they started out they they started out putting tarp down on mm-hmm. one day and they mm-hmm. finished it with the, all the tarp cuz I said, "You when you leave the shingles off, I said, "Where is the tarp?" And he goes, "Doc, those, those, that's the tarp up there. We've already tarped the whole roof mm-hmm. and I said so what time you come in the next morning so they got there about 7 30 yes and my people I, I got out too. the door about I walked out the door about 8 30 no I, I went swimming mm-hmm. came back about quarter of nine they had half of the house already done they were just those shingles oh my goodness yeah and he goes and they had one of those little sliding things like a sliding ladder to bring the shingles up and the man was kind of older he goes well back in the day we used to bring all those shingles up on the ladder with on our on our shoulder i was like wow that's they got that to a science they got it down to a science i'm telling you there had to be at least 10 10 15 men up there on the roof wow and they got it done 
There that, it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean, huh? You know, so they had to rebuild your chimney? Wow. Now the chimney just started. So is that bricklaying and stuff? That's bricklaying, but they had, yeah, that's, that's a little expensive. bit, that's a little bit technical because yeah. we have a huge fireplace. Yeah, yeah. So they had to take some of that stuff all sure. down. Yeah. And that masonry is expensive. Oh, it's expensive. That bricklaying, because it's not like in the South, you know, in the South, we used to brick houses. That was one of the things when I came here, they're not a lot, you know, you and I have a brick house. Yes. But they're not a lot of brick houses up no, in the North it's more, because it's way more, more expensive. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they were telling me. Because they have to, it's an art. And it that's is. what the guy was saying. Yeah. Not too many of them. No, my grandfather was a brick mason person and mm-hmm. that's a lost art of stone yes. masonry and yes. brick masonry those and then they had art. to they had to color make sure the color of the yes. bricks are the same match. match because yeah that's an older home so yeah, yeah. yeah. good but it's it's gonna be very nice that's and i'm nice. gonna be very pleased nice good mm-hmm. good and just in time before we start getting hit because i know sooner or later we're gonna be here it's already november in two days oh yeah so it's, it's that time. It's coming. It's that time. I'm glad I got the roof done so I don't have to worry about, as Matt says, me coming home and finding water all over my clothes. I know. That nah, that's been, a, that's that a, been, yeah. Look, that's disaster. That's, yeah. Not on your furniture when they get, no. when it gets on your no. clothes. On my clothes. No, forget the furniture. My clothes, <laughs> my shoes. <laughs> my clothes and my shoes. Not that's the furniture it. or appliances. The my shoes and, and clothes. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Priorities. That's it. <laughs> my Pradas and my That's it. Nanette Lepore. Yeah, I got uh-uh. you. I got Don't you. Don't get it I twisted. Know. I know. No. I know. Don't get it twisted. Well, today we talk about therapeutic golf. Now, what is therapeutic golf? Therapeutic golf is an innovative rehabilitation approach that integrates physiotherapy and golf for individuals suffering from strokes, traumatic brain injury, or other neurological conditions. Now, research has shown that golf therapy improves balance, increases flexibility, and strengthens the core to prevent fall risk. Golf therapy is good for mental and social well-being as well. The individuals are able They're able to meet and learn in groups and have that social interaction and connection with other folks that have the same injuries. But most of all, golf therapy improves a person's quality of life. And so we have with us today, Mindy Durr, the founder of For Hope, which is now Ohio Health For Hope. Now, Ohio Health for Hope is in Columbus, Ohio, this particular one, and it is a therapeutic golf program that helps those living with symptoms and disabilities from stroke, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, traumatic brain injury, and other neurological conditions. It also helps those living with cognitive and physical challenges from many other conditions. Now, Mindy will share with us her inspiration to creating this program and how it has changed and blessed many lives over the years. She will also talk about her platform, Mindy's Works, which focuses on wellness and golf. And so, right, Dee, we can't wait, Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to this. We can't wait. Yes, Yes, indeed. So, folks, make sure you go to our resources page, www.vikidofitness.com forward slash resources. There you will find products, services that will be helpful for you as you embrace your journey and life 
of health and fitness. Now, we have a variety of items that are on our resource list. We want you to go and check them out. We have Spanx, Sunbasket, Medical Supply Depot. We have iRemedy. We have Warby Parker. We got all those things for you to go and check out because we feel that these products will help you to have a smooth transition as you go about trying to be more healthier each and every day. But let's talk about the Polar Monitor. Now, Polar has a 40-year legacy of innovation in fitness wearables, and Polar has been leading the way in providing a broad range of fitness products to help people of all fitness levels to reach their goals. I have utmost respect for this company. And as an exercise physiologist, I was introduced to this monitor, the Polar Heart Rate Monitor in the lab. And I always tell this story because they are still using, of course, they have the advanced models. But yes, the heart rate wearable monitors are just the best in their accuracy in measuring fitness variables and outcomes. And so I want you guys to go and check out the Polar Vantage M because it is a multi-sport and running GPS watch for anyone who loves setting new records. And it's just awesome. It's lightweight. It's beautiful. You can wear it. You can do it. Not just, you know, most people think of the fitness trackers just for walking and running. No, you can do all kinds of multi-sports, CrossFit, all of that, weight training, swimming, all of that with this watch, and you will be able to have accurate outcomes, your heart rate, your your peak training, all of that kind of stuff. It's good. I'm telling you, go check it out. Great. Yes, yes, yes. And think about this. Go on our resources page because it's about to be holidays coming soon. Yes. And yes. get gifts, healthy, yes, healthy gifts. gifts. Yes. Right. Healthy gifts. For your family. Get a Polar tracker monitor and then for everybody and then you guys have challenges and Mm -hmm. so forth who can walk the most who can do this the most so that's something to think about and these are some of the products that we have like I said there are others on there but these make you accountable so that you can stay on top of your fitness game and so make sure like I said go check out our resources page www.vickidofitness.com forward slash resources and remember when When you use our affiliate links to buy any of our products and services on our resources page, you're supporting us here at Vicky Doe Fitness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Yes, I got a kick out yesterday because on my mailbox was a whole, you know how every year they give, you know, little instructions and stuff. Uh-huh. If you going to be trick-or-treating uh-huh. and having candy ready for the kids right. coming. I don't think we have a lot of I kids. I was telling somebody the other day, they're all grown up and out. Because I didn't get any, even though. We don't have any. I haven't seen any kids passing through there for years. Because, you know, first of all, our properties are bigger. And then so they the way back. Are spread apart and you got to walk way back. And those parents are not trying to do that. No, they're I know not. I wasn't trying to do that. No, no. If the house wasn't right there on the corner. Right. Right there in the front. But they got to go a long way to end on those driveways and stuff. So I haven't seen any children for a long time. Yes. So I know in North Carolina where my daughter is, the <laughs> houses are closer together. And her mother-in-law is coming over to help her pass out candy. Oh, I guess that's nice. They bust in people. Some, and I've heard that in 
some communities. Yes, they, so they do. Bus in kids yeah. to some communities, and then it's a big thing because then the the parents they'll be in their costumes right. passing out exactly. the candy. Exactly, that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was never a Halloween person. Nothing Mm-mm. with your kids. With the kids, they will always have it because they were always involved with dance. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they right. would you know have all the costumes right. and all that right. kind of right. stuff and do the candy right. at their dance stuff. Right. Or at the schools. Oh, you know yeah. how the schools right. do that. I didn't take mine out a lot for trick or treat. So I didn't take Occasionally, out. because I, first of all, it was cold. Yeah. Generally, and I don't do cold. Mm-mm. And then secondly, you know, it was the beginning of the starting of the crazies. Right. It was the beginning of the starting of the crazies where your kids couldn't, you know, you'd have to go through their candy and all that stuff to make sure it wasn't tainted or all that crazy stuff. So it just wasn't worth it. No, it's not. Mm -mm. Well, you could just buy candy for you. Exactly. It just wasn't worth it. Yeah, no. So, no. Mm Mm-mm. So how was your week, D? It was good. What did I do? We had your, your get-together for oh, your yes, friends. We had the, yes, yes, last week we had the get-together at the Youngstown Country Club for all my friends who came to celebrate my uh, mm-hmm. war, the Watana Unicorn Award. Mm-hmm. It was a lovely affair. Yes. Great food. Thank you to Carol McDonough and Sandy Plathy if they're listening. I'll have to make sure they listen to this podcast. Yes, yes. And Howard O'Malley. But it was a great event. And thank you and Lenore for coming. Yes. Hope you guys had a good time. Oh, we did. Did. And yeah. it was just nice to, to see all the folks that you've known way back yeah. come. Yeah, you people know, that I, some of those people I hadn't seen for almost 20 years. They came. Um, they came. Isn't yeah. that something? Oh, my um, God. In addition to that, I went to North Carolina to see my mother and my granddaughter, little Olivia, Aww. and her mom and dad. And it was really nice. But, uh, you know, they're, <laughs> it's funny. They're two working physicians, so they didn't really have a lot. Those days of staying up late with the baby is gone. I know, right? They were going to, we were all going to bed at 9 o'clock. Isn't that something? And I was fine because that that's my bedtime. But they have to sleep when the baby baby sleeps and the baby's like a year old 14 months but you know they were saying good night to me at nine o'clock and I was looking I had a glass of wine in my hand I was like, like oh. we're gonna watch a movie tonight they were like no we got to go to bed mom oh so that was you know so I, I said you know I get it you know we we remember those days uh what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean I would be studying like when the kids go to bed bam that's well, my too. all night that, study me too me too and I'd have to and I'd also get up very early in the morning yes. So and get my books together. That was study. never my yeah, luxury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. why? Well, me either. Me either. I, I come to I, think about it. No, come to think of it, I did stay up late when the kids went to bed. Because you were doing all your stuff. Yeah. 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 Or many times I wasn't home, being on call every third mm-hmm. day, every other night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but exactly. I did have a Miss Kathy, so I won't. Well, I did over like, the years. Well, how you do all that? So I did. I have do that have over to years. come clean and say, yeah, well, I did. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. You know, I didn't I did. do it by myself. With four, it's really difficult to do any of that by yourself. So yes, yeah, but I had a lot of help. There were some things I was like, you know what? No. Even even though, yes, you're doing all this, taking them to dance. This yeah. I've always made sure that I would get there to at least help them a little bit with their homework mm-hmm. and tuck them in. Yeah. I tried. I mean, except when I was on call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now the kids, they're used to, most kids now are used to families, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Right. Being up and about. Yeah. Being right. in extended families. Yes, and exactly. Being exactly. over grandma's house mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. But that's good. You yeah. got a chance to visit. Yeah, that was nice. And the weather was beautiful. Oh. So what 
is going on this week? Everything, Vicki, everything. Well, you know, since it's going to be November yes. in about two days, yes. I said, you know, let's talk about Lung Cancer Awareness Month because mm-hmm. we never really touch on that. We yeah. talk about diabetes yeah. and all that. Breast cancer. Yes, yeah. Yeah. but it's lung cancer. It's one of the leading diseases in women today. Yes, isn't that something? Yeah. yeah. Join the Lung Cancer Foundation of America in their efforts to raise awareness of the need for more research and better community awareness of the disease. So here are some few facts. So lung cancer kills 433 Americans every day. That's the same number of seats on a 747, okay? Mm -hmm. Every 3.3 minutes, someone in the U.S. dies of lung cancer. Less time than it takes to sing breathless. So singing breathless is 3 minutes and 42 seconds. Lung cancer kills almost two times as many women as breast cancer. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see this, and that's why I hadn't even read this. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that something? Yes, right. Right. The number one cancer lady killer since 1987. So that's mm-hmm. how long it's been doing, mm-hmm. isn't it? The rate increase in women. Okay, so during the past 39 years, the lung cancer death rate has fallen 29% among men, while increasing 102%. Mm-hmm. among women. Yeah. More women started to smoke in the 70s, oh, 60s and 70s. You're right. More marketing to women through the tobacco company. You know, I'm from North Carolina, tobacco mm-hmm. capital. So they did more marketing. Virginia Slims. Remember yes. that cigarette? They started doing more. Mar- and when I went to college, the big thing was going down to the smoker. Okay, it was they the get smoker. your cigarette out. Get on. your cigarette out. And that was a sophisticated thing to do when I went to college. And so now I had two of my nursing assistants within three years to all pass of lung cancer in my office. Two of them. They were smokers. Yeah. So the struggle is real. The struggle is real with anybody smoking, first of all. I just, I don't get it. I'd rather see you eat a Snickers bar right. or something than a cigarette. Oh, my goodness. Because the Surgeon General, I think it was C. Everett Koop who came out with the first yes. information about the association between lung cancer. And then they now have a black box warning on the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And they're so doggone expensive. There are all kinds oh, of barriers. Time. So I don't get it. I digress, but I, that's one of my soapboxes. Yeah, I know. And, it, and it's, it's irritating to it me. It is. It when is. I go, because secondhand smoke ain't no joke either. No, it's not. And when I go to the country club or something and they smoking. Right. It's then, no joke. Then we got to get up because I'm allergic to the yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's no And it gets in your clothes. It gets in your hair. Mm. It's just, it's very unpleasant. Yes, it is. Well, anyone can get lung cancer. All you need are lungs. And so the good news, though, however, is that thanks to advances in technology, early detection screening using spiral CT has been shown to reduce lung cancer deaths by 16% to 20% compared to standard checks x-rays among adults. Yet, only 16% of people will be diagnosed in the earliest stage when the disease is most treatable. Now, there are risks. We talk about smoking, but smoking is not the only cause of lung cancer. Other known causes include exposure to secondhand smoke, Mm -hmm. air pollution, radon, and asbestos. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's no cure. However, new research is making it possible for people to live with their lung cancer, Mm -hmm. managing it like a chronic disease. You can be a part of this progress by supporting research. 
we wanted to put that out there and we very want you important guys for you very to very think about very it. important because with lung cancer like with several other cancers by the time it's diagnosis beyond stage one or stage two and it's inoperable because they can do lobectomy I, I'll give you for an example Bryant Gumbel was diagnosed with lung cancer it's been maybe about 10 years or so ago he had a lobectomy and he's doing fine so every now and then they'll pick up a stage one that they'll be able to do surgery for but most of the time when they diagnose lung cancer in most people is inoperable. Now I was talking to making this comment to some people the other day. They do have a new drug that's out there now because in, in addition to my, I don't know what my office was about lung cancer, but the other one of my other medical assistants, her father passed with lung cancer and now her mother has it. But I remember her father was going to UPMC and there's a new drug that's out called Keytruda. Okay. And Keytruda is the new revolutionary drug for lung cancer that's keeping people alive much, much way longer oh, wow. than they used to. So there is hope out there with some of the newer drugs. These are called the monoclonal antibody drugs, like the drugs that uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, talks about mm-hmm. with his psoriatic arthritis. It's that class of drugs. So oh, wow. the Keytruda has made a big difference in cancer treatment. I see them advertise that yeah. a lot Yeah, now. We need to get Dr. Ray back to talk oh, about I cancer. Know. Wow. About what new innovative things are out there for cancer. Mm -hmm. So we have to call Dr. Ray. Yes, we have to. Mm -hmm. This has been the talk, but we don't know how far that's going to go. Tell me about it, because I kind of haven't been reading a lot about it. I know something passed yesterday. So what happened? Well, the NCAA, you know, and and this was passed in California. Mm -hmm. They provide no details of the plans, but yeah, they were grant permission to have the college athletes compensated, you know, because that's Mm -hmm. the big thing. People always talk about, you know, they need to start paying the athletes. These boys don't have any money when they come to college and they're starving. Yeah. Literally. And they make billions for these organizations. Don't get me started. Billions. Right. Billions. The coaches. Yeah. This. Yes. Yeah. That's been a thing. So this was written just, I would say, about three or four hours ago. Mm. They said that there was pressure in the state of California and other state legislators. The board of directors for the NCAA, they voted yesterday to consider letting college athletes profit. But this is what they say from their name, their image and likeness. Mm hmm. Even though that has passed, the whole thing is, okay, that's passed by 2023. What does that look like? Yeah, so what, no, what does that look like? So there's really no plan, mm-hmm. but at least people say, well, it's, at least it's in the right. right direction. Well, you know, our own President Tressel from mm-hmm. YSU, if I remember distinctly, got into yeah, trouble because did. those boys down at Ohio State, he's mm-hmm. trying to help them out. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that problem was that they were selling some of their likenesses, some of their memorabilia, mm-hmm. whatever, which which was illegal, but the boys were hungry. Yes. I mean, it wasn't so much as I hear the story, you know, it's all secondhand, but it wasn't so much that they wanted to be making a ton of money because they no. weren't going to, they needed to eat. Yes. They needed some money for food. Yeah, because a lot of times when, when the folks go and get to play at these places, it's, yeah, they get scholarships for the program and tuition and this and that, but then they don't have everyday living they can't get stuff. The, they can't even afford those meal plans. You yes. know, the meal plans yes. in colleges, they can't even afford those meal plans. So President Trussell, and mm-hmm. trying to be nice as, mm-hmm. as he is, mm-hmm. was trying to help them out, and he got caught up in it. I think that's what led, led to his to, yeah. release from right, his right. coaching. But fortunately, Ohio's loss is our gain. 
So yes, he's now he's doing, doing great things as our president at Youngstown State University. Kudos big time. To, to and building, too. Speaking oh, of my wit. goodness. Did you see that big giant? What is that big giant building? They're building right off of Belmont. It's, it looks like an indoor stadium. Yes, it's it huge. It looks like some kind of football stadium that's going to be indoors or yeah, something. Yeah, it's huge. Doesn't it? It's yes, huge. It's huge. Yeah, he's, he's been doing a lot of building. A lot mm-hmm. of building. I think it might be their wellness center. I but, was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, But, yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff. They are. That's the thing. The big picture is how they're going to do that. And the argument is, okay, if you're going to do some compensating for the college athletes, how are you going to do it? Do Mm -hmm. all the athletes get paid? or just some of them get paid, Mm -hmm. you know, how's that determined? So it's a lot of stuff that they got to, you know, work out the kinks. But Mm -hmm. some folks are saying, well, at least it's a start. Because they ain't been been paying nothing. 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 (laughs) Have you ever looked on television? Look at the horseshoe. Oh, big time. How many people are stuffed into that horseshoe? Penn State. Easily 80,000 and more. Easy. You do the math. Mm -hmm. And all the stuff that's purchased, the Mm -hmm. the food concessions, the this and the that. Penn State, all these Big Ten schools Mm -hmm. making billions of dollars off of these young men. And they... Something's wrong with that picture. Something's wrong. Michael Jordan, they, I saw an interview last week. Craig Melvin did it when okay. he, he went to see him on the Today Show. Oh, yeah, I remember And Michael that. Jordan was all for it. Yes. You know, he says, I'd like to see essentially what it looks like. Yeah. But in terms of the concept of paying, yeah. Yeah, because look at basketball. Yeah. Duke. Right. <laughs> UNC, which I'm very familiar with. My boys went to UNC's camp. All the money that they make off of that. I mean, per, my, I remember when Matt was touring, mm-hmm. you know, the schools. We looked at Purdue. Purdue. And I mean, the, the great, mm-hmm. the stuff that they have, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, the scholarships and the this, that, and the other. But the basic activities of daily living kind yeah, of stuff that you exactly need, it. they didn't have the money for no, that. No, no. So, so yeah, that's good. I I kind of tangentially mm-hmm. heard about it, but I didn't know any of the specifics. So they're taking the, at least the first step, it's California. Good. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see 2023. We'll see what's going to happen. And what that. it looked like. Yeah, that's it. What do it look <laughs> what like? What do it look like? Right. That's it. Exactly. exactly. You know, every show we always have health tips. I thought this was interesting because sometimes, yes, when you, you, you're doing your walking and you're running, sometimes your hands, they kind of swell a little mm-hmm. bit and your rings get tight yeah. and all that. And so our health tip is hand swelling during exercise. And you can find this on our website, Vikido Fitness, written by Health Day News. And it says, hand swelling during exercise is a common issue. Exercise increases blood flow to your heart, lungs, and working muscles and may reduce blood flow to your hands. And so here are some tips on what you can do. And experts believe that reduced blood flow may lead to widening your blood vessels in the hand and subsequently that's why you get the swelling. Here are some suggestions by the Mayo Clinic. To ease hand swelling discomfort related to exercise, the Mayo Clinic suggests remove your rings and loosen your watch bands before exercise and then Perform occasional forward and backward arm circles. That's to get your circulation moving during exercise. And then last but not least, stretch your fingers wide and then make fists several times during exercise. And that's all to get and increase your blood flow. Mm -hmm. 
So what's the latest, D? Well, I have this article that I pulled out. You know, there's a lot of uh, stuff going around now about this concept, this vaping thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd pull uh, the article out. Before I do that, there's nothing new on Ebola. Okay. Uh, no new information that I have out on Ebola. I'm sure that they're still testing the vaccine in uh, many areas, particularly in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So maybe next week I'll have some more, more information. Okay. But I pulled this article out about marijuana and vaping okay. from the New York Times, shadowy past, dangerous present. For years, there's been a debate in the United States over the health consequences of nicotine e-cigarettes. And then at the same time, vaping of a more contentious substance mm-hmm. has been growing. And the public officials have kind of like not really weighed in on it a lot. So millions of people now inhale marijuana, not from joints or pipes filled with burning leaves uh, back in the day, back in the but day, through yeah. sleek devices and cartridges filled with flavored cannabis oils. People in legalized marijuana industry say, Vaping products now account for 30% or more of their business, and teenagers, millennials, and baby boomers are the ones who have been drawn to this technology. And so there's not really been a lot of information on the dangerous consequences of it until now. So most of the patients in the outbreak of severe lung illness is linked to vaping, which has left 1,479 people sick and 33 dead so far. Vaped THC the ingredient in marijuana that makes people high. Until more information is known, officials at the Center for Disease Control have warned people not to vape cannabis products. So to some scientists and even industry leaders, warning signs have been apparent for years. So while the government and researchers poured resources into studying Mm e-cigarettes, and this is weird, listen to Mm -hmm. this carefully, they Mm -hmm. poured a lot of money into studying Mm e-cigarettes. But federal rules sharply limited research into the science of cannabis because it is classified as a controlled substance with a high potential for abuse. It's left a void in scientific knowledge about what THC vaping does. So you understand e-cigarettes, but nothing about cannabis. Mm -hmm. So last year, Dr. Neil Benowitz, who's a professor of medicine and researcher, on nicotine and vaping at um, USCF, University of California, San Francisco, sent a letter to Congress warning of these risks by leaving, of the risk posed by leaving a hugely popular practice unstudied. So what he says is interesting. Very little is known about the safety or effects of vaped cannabis oil, cautioning that some ingredients mixed into the oils could have harmful, toxic effects on users, including the potential for causing and promoting cancer and lung disease. He says it's disgraceful in a recent interview. He says, I'm not able to take products we think are potentially harmful and do analysis. I can buy a vape device around the corner, but I can't bring it into the lab and test it. Mm. So even members of the legalized marijuana industry acknowledge there's a lack of hard science about this. So mm-hmm. there's a glaring gap in trying to understand this product, says Jared Kilo, who's president of the board of United Cannabis Business Association, which represents 165 dispensaries in California where marijuana is legalized since 2016. Mm. Mr. Kilo, who owns the Los Angeles dispensary, High Path, said he believed that the vape pens sold in his stores and in other licensed and regulated stores, listen to this carefully, are likely safe because the ingredients were measured and tested by the state. But when the Bureau of Cannabis Control called them, nobody answered. They couldn't get any comments. So how safe is it? 
So vaping oils typically include other additives. That's the thing when you're dealing with all these drugs, you don't know what stuff is mixed with. So vitamin E acetate could be responsible for some of the lung illnesses because that's one of the products that's in it. The problem of unknown and potentially dangerous additives, Mr. Kilo said, Mm -hmm. is vastly worse in a soaring black market in the nearly 40 states where recreational marijuana is still illegal. Even in states where the drug is legal, counterfeit cartridges are cheaper. So you can Mm -hmm. buy a regulated vape pen with half a gram of THC cost 55 on the street. You can get it for $25. Okay. In the earliest days of cannabis vaping, a small group of innovators saw the technology as a safe way to help medicinal marijuana products. They hoped that vaping, which entails heating THC so that it turns into an aerosol, would be less harmful to the lungs than inhaling combusted marijuana. But the ethos quickly gave way to a different lure, the pure convenience of vaping, Mm -hmm. which allowed users to avoid rolling joints, spilling ash, and giving off those telltale smells of all that marijuana. Mm -hmm. They could do it sitting at the dinner table in the doctor's office or any place, and nobody would really know what they were doing. You know, they didn't have to roll a joint or put it in a pipe or any of that. All right, so you could vape in a police station, he said, and nobody would even know, said Mm. a 34-year-old man outside the dispensary who refused to give his name because he's looking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) Other customers of this dispensary in Los Angeles said they once embraced vaping but now have doubts. It's convenient, neat, Uh and easy. No lighter, Mm -hmm. said a man named Michael, whose wife, whose name is Lori, Mm -hmm. both in their 70s, declined to give a last name because they didn't want their teenage granddaughter to know their habit. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? (laughs) With news of vaping-related hospitalizations and deaths, though, Lori has grown Mm -hmm. concerned. So this time she came to the harvest to buy flour, the old-fashioned bud rolled in joints. It was a switch the couple said they would continue while they await more vaping science. At 70. Okay. At 70? At 70. I don't know that I would play around with stuff like that at 70. Doesn't that put you in a coma? I just think, you know, the the potential side effects that they're talking about. And you don't know what you're getting. Why do you wait to, I don't know. All kinds of questions. At 70? At 70. You're starting something... New, You're going you know, back to your hippie days. Might, might as well just do a regular joint. That's what I'm saying. Don't you think? That's exactly what I'm saying. Why would you do that? I, I don't. I don't get it. So what, what is their excuse though? They don't. They um, just. Well, it's neater. You don't have the smell uh, of marijuana okay. around you. Yeah. You don't walk in the room with a right. aura of marijuana. Okay. It's cleaner. Yeah. That's why they like it. Mm-hmm. You don't have the, the leaves falling in the right, car. Right, right, right. You know, you don't have... <laughs> when you're rolling a joint, you don't have the leaves all over your car. You don't have to get an album and put the marijuana right, over right, there and right. roll it up. <laughs> I just heard about that. Okay. I only heard about it. Okay. You don't have to do all that. So there have been other people, rather, who are undeterred. Cynthia Valdivia, who's 34, bought a THC vape cartridge after using one to try marijuana for the first time this summer. She said she was not worried about what she bought from a legal store. But I told you, when people are talking about that guy up there said, well, we know it's safe. When they tried to call the bureau, nobody would respond to any, mm-hmm. to verify safeness or whatever. So, mm-hmm. one more point about this volcano. Okay. The market has flourished in the absence of regulation, said Eric Lindblom, a former tobacco official at the FDA. 
The federal government, he said, has been unsure of how to respond to state legislation of marijuana, and the uncertainty has left a void of regulation, research, and enforcement. Only now that we have this special extra weird mystery crisis with the deaths of these individuals are people doing something, and some people think it's too little too late. Okay. The market has run amok, says Carlos De La Torre, who owns a Cornerstone Wellness, a dispensary in Los mm. Angeles. Mr. De La Torre came to the cannabis business in 2007 after a career in television advertising. That year, he opened his shop selling marijuana flour and edibles to customers with medical cards. At the time, I don't think vaping really existed, not commercially anyway, and there was a rich and informal history among a narrow band of marijuana users who bathed weed in alcohol to extract THC, so-called Honey oil or hash oil. Now, I've heard of hash yes, oil. Yes, hash oil. Mm-hmm. That was the domain of the biker LSD hippie crowd back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Okay? The first commercial marijuana vaping brand was called Volcano, and it was a brainchild of a German entrepreneur, Marcus Stortz, who obtained a patent for it from his native country in 1999. Mm-hmm. The Volcano came to the United States in 2003, and it's aptly named. It's a, it is built on a sturdy, triangular-shaped base, the kind of thing that sat on a coffee table and weighed a pound. It heated marijuana flour until the THC baked off as a vapor. A user then inhaled the aerosol from a large plastic bag attached to an... That sounds like too much work. It is. They inhaled this aerosolized stuff from a large plastic bag attached to a pipe. Industry insiders thought it might be healthier than smoking a joint because burning marijuana contains carcinogens like tar and carbon monoxide. If we were really helping cancer patients, then carcinogens aren't helpful, said Mr. Kilo, which is an interesting name. (laughs) Every time I mention that, I'm like, why are you in the marijuana industry with a name (laughs) called Kilo? Kilo. (laughs) Okay, I digress. All right. Federal research restrictions (laughs) allow the study of marijuana under certain conditions, and scientists at UCSF Mm -hmm. found that the volcano produced less carbon monoxide and tar compared to smoking marijuana. The volcano was built around inhalation of pure marijuana vapor created by heating the plant itself. In a few years, the technology would change in a fundamental way. So what happened was that the oil came next. Entrepreneurs began to extract oil, bathing the leaf in ethanol or butane, no wonder. Filtering out the solid material that remained and then evaporating the solvent to leave the concentrated oil. That's just, it just sounds too toxic. Mm-hmm. Another method used carbon dioxide, which when pressurized, creates a fluid that can be used to extract oil. So once extracted, the TCH oil could then be heated up using a small battery kept in a cartridge or pen-like case, creating aerosol, which is then inhaled from one end of the device. Consumers fell in love. As marijuana became legal in a lot of states, a new era of entrepreneurship burgeoning, like we have our our dispensary here is getting ready to open. Mm-hmm. Business people found that they could use the entire plant to extract oil rather than throw away the stems and other parts discarded by smokers, which maximized the value of the crop. The oil could be mixed with other additives to give flavor to create the effect of big puffs. Right. Or just to cut the THC to substitute less expensive chemicals. At the time, Mr. Kilo was dubious. What was in these things? The packages either didn't list the ingredients, or if they did, they seemed untrustworthy, he said, because the oil sometimes smelled off. Sometimes he would test the product and discover the THC had been watered down initially with propylene glycol, which is used in fog machines. I mean, why are people wanting all this stuff in their lungs? And you wonder why people are dying. Okay, Mm -hmm. people started getting greedy, 
describing the early vape pen manufacturers around 2012. You don't know how much was propylene glycol, which is what I'm saying, and how mm. much was THC. After initially carrying the vape pens in the dispensary, Mr. Kilo took them off his shelf. Okay. I didn't want to sell them. What people said for the next three or four months was, can you bring them back? And he said, I'm just not sure if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Downs of Leafy, which is another dispensary, said the worry was valid. It's very clear innovation has eclipsed the sophistication of consumers as well as regulators and investigators. We've been engaging in an uncontrolled mass experiment with inhaling concentrations of cannabinoid. And in, in states that legalized marijuana, mm-hmm. farmers could grow the crops openly. And then there was a supply that flooded the market, but not just the legal ones, but the illegal ones. Mm. So prices plummeted. When national figures are hard to come by, Rand's research showed that an oversupply in Oregon caused the price per pound to fall more than 50 percent from $1,250 in 1916 to $500 in 2018. Lastly, much of the product went to oil. The fastest growing segment of the market is extract for inhalation, said Mr. Kilmer. And researchers remain in the dark. In August, the DEA loosened rules to allow some scientific institutions to apply to grow their own marijuana for study. However, the restrictions still prevent researchers like that Dr. Benowitz, when I first talked about this, who was one of the ones that gave this, said, you know, I can go out and and do research on this, but I can't do research on vape pens, Mm -hmm. which has prevented him from doing the kind of research that he wanted to do. He summed up what little is known about vaping THC oil. All we know is that there weren't many problems until recently. So something has so changed. something has changed. Right? Then. And so you have these, you see these pictures of these young people on oh, ventilators yes. and respirators and so forth. So it's tragic. You know, certainly you can get lung transplants, but most of the stuff in your body, you only get one of. You know, I mean, I know we can do a lot of transplants of this, that, and the other, but it comes at a cost and at a risk. Mm-hmm. Even the kidney, which is the first thing that I think to be transplanted, but it comes at a cost and a risk. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to intentionally do something that could Mess potentially cause you to have? I know. I don't get it. I guess maybe I. But I, people be taking. I don't understand why people take um, chances like that. I don't know either. And maybe I don't understand. Maybe I'm really truly officially old. Because it seems to me with this whole opioid and this marijuana things, people are trying to get that next high and get the next mm. high on top of that next high. And they're doing things to themselves and throwing caution to the wind. I know. I think I'd rather be this age now. I don't know what's going on. No. Back in the day, mm-hmm. you took an album, you threw some stuff out there, you rolled the joint, you smoked and it, and went on and about your way. And then it's business. And then go on about your business. That's it. <laughs> Now we huffing and now puffing you gotta, and baffling. You, you know, I remember, remember, reminds me of Richard Pryor when he was burning all that stuff and he caught fire. And then Michael Jackson, yes. he caught fire on something. But but Richard Pryor caught fire, I think, with the marijuana or hashish or some, some or, heroin or, or something. Or maybe Coke. Maybe he maybe was, was cocaine. cocaine. He was, he was, what was the name of that, the term that they were doing with the cocaine and the Free basing. That's right. Free basing. So, I mean, you know, mm. I don't know. But that's the story. That's the the story. So now, for everybody so, out there, you, this is Vaping 101. Yes. There it is. Don't do From it. From Mr. Kilo. <laughs> <laughs> you need to change your name. That is Mr. so Kilo. funny. Mr. Kilo. Right. Hmm, it's K-I-L-O-H. Okay, okay. And now, you might want to pronounce it Kylo, but somebody's going to call you Mr. Kilo. Kilo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, right. There it yeah, is. Okay. There it is. 
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about therapeutic golf. Golf therapy benefits folks living with neurological injuries such as Parkinson's stroke and traumatic brain injury. Golf therapy also is good for both mental and social well-being. So we have with us Mindy Durr, an avid golfer and the founder of the Therapeutic Golf Program for Hope, which is now Ohio Health for Hope. Mindy will share with us her reason for creating this program, and she will talk about her new golf and wellness projects with her platform, Mindy's Works. So let's listen to the interview with Mindy Durr. Here with us today is Mindy Durr, an avid golfer and the founder of For Hope, which is now Ohio Health For Hope in Columbus, Ohio. Now, it is a therapeutic golf program that benefits people living with neurological or musculoskeletal injuries such as Parkinson's stroke and traumatic brain injury. Mindy will share with us her reason and inspiration for this wonderful program for hope and why she feels that it is important for health and wellness. She will also talk about some of the wonderful projects that she is doing through her platform, Mindy's Works. So how are you today, Mindy? I'm great. How are you today? I am fine. We're good. We are good. Happy to have you on. Is it raining up there? Um, not yet. Not yet. But we think it's (laughs) probably coming. It's cloudy. All right. Well, here in Columbus, starting to rain, but that's okay. Mm. Tis the season. Tis the season, right? We are glad that you are here with us today. So we want to start out by you telling us a little bit about For Hope, your dad, and how you decided to create this unique and wonderful program for For Hope. First of all, thank you both. It's an honor to be on broadcast, if you will, about the therapeutic benefits of golf. And um, For Hope was an organization I started 40, well, it feels like that, but Four decades of therapeutic golf. Wow. Um, I started it in 1989 because of my dad. We were a golfing family. 
and my siblings and my dad. My brothers were just wonderful golfers, and my dad was, I'm going to say, exquisite. He was known. He was a left-handed golfer in North Central Ohio. And the Durr family, when you said that, they talked about golf, not always including me, but (laughs) eventually I was able to start an organization, and the brand is known nationally. But my dad and my brothers just played a lot of golf, located about 100 yards from our farm in Loudonville. And um, over the years, I worked at the clubhouse, and my sisters did, and it was really apparent that the love of golf was in our DNA. I mean, that's just the way it is. Some people are singers and broadcasters and writers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. golf is something that's inherent within. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, my dad and mom, we had a farm and life was good. And dad retired and was living the dream and playing golf. And suddenly he was, became very ill. Okay. And, uh, so it was a hard time. He ended up being diagnosed, misdiagnosed with Lou Gehrig's, oh. but had something kind of similar in primary lateral sclerosis. And within six months upon retirement, he could not walk or speak. It was devastating. Oh. And about that time, I had been, I mean, we were all just shocked. And I had started a job in northern Ohio on Lake Gary. And I worked there for many years. My background was nonprofit. Okay. And about shortly within that time frame, my dad and mom both were ill. And I kept hearing about intermittently recreational therapy and golf. Okay. And a good friend of mine contacted me and said that some of the LPGA and or PGA teaching instructors in golf were looking to find a way to use golf to help people with any kind of life barrier. Okay. And I I don't know, it was just something that was a calling to me. I quit my job. <laughs> oh, wow. And started going to different hospitals and talking to them about golf and could we putt with clients and could we get outdoors. And quite frankly, I... I don't know who or how I must have been guided, but it seems like one good thing after another happened. And I did know, however, that I had to realize to raise funds. So without any money, you know, you don't have any mission. <laughs> right. Okay, yes, you're right. And I got the Kiwanis involved in Northern Ohio. And about that time, I met Barbara Nicholas at a program similar to For Hope in Akron. Is that Jack Nicholas's wife? Yes, that's correct. The bear. Yes. <laughs> yes. So sorry. I'm guessing, assume you guys know, but Barbara yes. um, mm-hmm. and Jack, of course, are obviously big supporters mm-hmm. of golf, not only in Columbus, Ohio, but around the country. Mm-hmm. And Barbara and I hit it off, so to speak, and she had mentioned Columbus, and I just kept thinking, I need to go back to Columbus. I'd gone to Ohio State. You know, the top 10 areas for golf include Columbus, Ohio, and it's a large philanthropy community. Oh, big time. I just felt that I could start it. So I left Northern Ohio and came to Columbus in the fall of 1990 and started all over, putting a board together, looking at resources, and connecting. This has been going on for four decades, right? <laughs> yes. Wow. 
that's a long time, but that's a long time, but for a good cause, because like I always tell everybody, and I was always tell Dr. D, of course, you know, she knows Brother Bill, and he always talks about how that you and For Hope just saved his life, you know, when he thought that after his brain injury, he wouldn't be able to do too much. So we always, like I said, I always thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Oh. Well, I'll tell you, your uh, wonderful William, as we call him, is just <laughs> he continues in the program today, and we are, were absorbed by Ohio Health, Central Ohio's uh, healthcare system, largest, I believe, and they had, had taken a look at our program. And William, along with, we figure, thousands of others over the years have been served because we had a niche Mm-hmm. For Hope was a great brand. And I want to also comment that our donors, our investors in this nonprofit entity believe so much in our mission that we were able to stay alive, especially during the tough times of the golf industry and the market crash, so to speak, in 08 and 09. Yes, yes. But the conditions were such that we kept getting referrals. We had a small staff golf professional and a recreation therapist and Mm -hmm. we had volunteers and we'd go to hospitals nursing homes assisted living and we just kept moving forward and we served so many people and it's been such a delight so how old was your dad when he became sick 62 okay Mm -hmm. and so the diagnosis was not als it was some variant of als yes it was primary lateral Primary, okay. Maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself. So since he was a golfer before, is that who you started with? Or I'm just trying to, I'm making the, trying to make a connection between your dad and this program. Well, what we could do is we could get him to the golf course. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually I got him down here to Columbus okay. with me. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a care partner who would help load him up. We would take him out to our programs and he could do some putting. Okay. And some chipping. Mm-hmm. And he was, an, I guess, still our poster child. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to get people involved because once they knew my dad and even from back home, mm-hmm. people supported this program. Mm-hmm. And if my dad could do putting and chipping when he couldn't walk or talk, well, then we could utilize this program in so many other ways to other populations as well. So the type of folks that you help, I've seen folks that have strokes. And then, of course, my dad, who has, you know, brain injuries and all of that. And so you have helped a lot of folks. Tell me, though, what's kind of a general idea of your program? It's a therapeutic golf program. What are the key components in a type of program like that? Well, at Ohio Health, what they did and helped us with, in a way, kind of better defined probably our staffing, for example. So we have on board a recreation therapist, a physical therapist, uh, myself and the golf professional and volunteers. Okay. So the process looks like and was in former years, people got to know and hear about For Hope. Mm -hmm. Now through Ohio Health they do. Mm -hmm. People are referred to us. We do an intake with them. They give us permission to move forward. And the assessment process is, really kind of basic when we first have them come out. Our team is there and 
If they can stand, that's even better. But if they sit, you kind of know, really you do, after doing it all these years, what that person can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not what he can't do, he or she. And by the way, our population's mostly been men. Okay. It's just, you know, seems how it goes, like mostly stroke. Hmm. Now with Ohio Health involvement, Parkinson's okay. in their neuro area, and mobile sclerosis. Mm-hmm. and early dementia. Okay, so even though before that, we'd work with special populations such as those with developmental limitations or disabilities, if you will, mm-hmm. um, amputees. Mm. You don't hear much about spina bifida anymore mm-hmm. or polio, but mm-hmm. we had some of those conditions that we served with people over the years. Fortunately, with some of the spina bifida, with the technology that we have, some of these babies are being taken care of in utero before they're born Mm -hmm. with the spina bifida. Before they're born, yes. I was looking at your, you know, those, the benefits of golf therapy. Of course, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't, I mean, I have back (laughs) problems and stuff, but I'm thinking this is great for just me. Um, (laughs) It is. I mean, it's just great for me. So physical, cognitive, and social, that's, that pretty much sums it up. So what, you know, when you bring a patient in or client in, is there an end point or do they, are they just in the program until? Well, that's a really good question. Everyone is different. Like, We still have people in For Hope from former years before the absorption by Ohio Health in 2017, and a handful of them have MS, and myself, I have MS, and, you know, it's kind of progressive or it isn't. Uh It depends on how it goes. Mm -hmm. Right, right. People stay. Some people come in our program, like they come in, we get them putting, chipping. The improvement, I believe, by Ohio Health has been that they have allowed us to really try and get people on the golf course Mm -hmm. because they have more resources. Uh, Um, In the past, we didn't, even with volunteers, it was always a challenge Mm -hmm. to only get a person with MS on the golf course. But everyone is different. But I would say some people were in, I'm just going to estimate maybe average five years. Okay. Okay. Um, and probably from the ages from with Ohio Health, since it's more a part of their wellness component, probably like 40 years and up. Okay. So how long has Brother Bill been in? He's been in well for how long? Before Ohio Health, definitely. And I think yes. he had his injury, what, 2007? Vicki, that's right. That's when he came in because I have the paperwork. Oh, my God. I can't throw it away. I, I know, right? Oh, yes. And he showed me, too, recently. Oh, did he? Okay. And, okay. Yes. And like William, Brother Bill, he <laughs> sometimes kind of is intermittent because maybe yeah his condition doesn't always treat him kindly, and mm-hmm. he might kind of have a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our clients do, and then they kind of just hang on to the hope of for hope, and then they come back if yes. they're able. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just amazing because once people come out and we're all afraid because when you don't feel well and golf is intimidating, mm-hmm. but once they come mm-hmm. and they meet our team and mm-hmm. volunteers, 
appears and seems that we have them. Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, it's just like a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. They just love for hope so much. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the barriers that you have encountered with your program over the years? Well, some yep. of it's emotional, mm-hmm. <laughs> up and down. Yes. Fundraising mm-hmm. was extremely hard. My background was in that, but working long hours, trying to, as I say, keep all the marbles on the table at the same time because mm-hmm. you're fundraising, you're speaking, you have staff, you have a board, you need accreditation. And we only had like 2.5 staff mm-hmm. and we had a small budget mm-hmm. and we did great things. People that really knew the behind the scenes couldn't believe how we mastered our way. And then I think too, just a little bit was that the golf community is pretty selective mm-hmm. in that they're maybe more, <laughs> how do I want to say, gender-based, right. economically, financially-based. Mm-hmm. People with money in the typical way probably played golf the most. Right. But a person who suddenly is down and out and going through rehab, would really not consider our organization mm-hmm. if it weren't for our great connections with all those therapists. Right. That's great. Yes. That's, oh, okay. my goodness. That's great. Nothing against the golf community because they right. supported no, us, the right. Memorial Tournament, Jack and Barbara Nicholas. Oh, my gosh. And we did mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. But until <laughs> something happens to one, obviously, in life, golfers that normally play just sometimes didn't understand our right. program till they witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that also was, you know, just another aha moment, I guess. Do you have any of the famous LPGA or PGA golfers in your program or, I mean, helping to donate or, you know, going out, talking sure. about your program? Well, we did an annual breakfast in yes. conjunction with the Memorial Tournament. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Um, yeah, so they, what we would do, we had our breakfast mm-hmm. and during that week and then, the memorial tournament would help us work with tour players mm-hmm. and they would speak oh, okay. at our breakfast pro bono and we didn't have the funds. Mm-hmm. So gosh, we worked with Davis Love the mm-hmm. third and we worked with Larry Mize. Mm-hmm. And we worked with David Faraday. Mm-hmm. We had all the folks. Yeah. Great guys. And mm-hmm. we did have a few women, but it was mostly during the memorial tournament. So obviously that's Right. right, more men. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. right. We never got Tiger Woods, but mm-hmm. that's okay. And the and the memorial tournament continues to support Ohio Health for Hope to this day. That's and great. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's and awesome. Some of our donors, corporations, and that continue to help and individuals. Mm-hmm. I am just so proud and just glad that I know you. And I want to, I know that you had talked about doing your platform and you're doing that now. That's Mindy's Works. It focuses on um, wellness and golf. So tell us more about that and how you're doing that now. Sure. Well, thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Well, I continue uh, to help Ohio Health for Hope for a little while longer. And in the meantime, What all we've been able to learn over the years, my three buckets, I think, of areas I like to help people would be through the nonprofit, um, helping speak to those agencies and so forth and their boards, the golf industry, like the United States Golf Association, golf events, help grow the game Mm -hmm. in a unique way because my whole thing still is let's try and grow the game of golf in a way that they haven't really 
focused on, mm-hmm. which is our populations, mm. aging, early dementia, mm-hmm. stroke, mm-hmm. Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and also the healthcare industry. Little by little, I'm putting my toe in the water and looking at groups, nurses associations, physicians okay. groups, different, you know, even probably Rotary. Yes. Um, Anybody that needs to hear the gospel of golf, mm-hmm. that is what I'm up to, Vicki. Yes, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and maybe for women, some of the junior league programs, you know, organizations around. Well, that's exactly right. And mm-hmm. I would also hope and kind of envision that outside the state of Ohio, if other people want to begin a program such as For Hope, mm. um, obviously it belongs to Ohio Health or even areas within the state, mm-hmm. I could help put a program together, maybe through their municipalities mm. and so forth. Mm. Great. So yes. I'm just kind of just going day to day and reaching out to all the many people that helped me over the years. Yes, yes. Wonderful. And we appreciate that, Mindy. People that know us, they know us all around the country. And I think that to keep it moving forward, I'll just continue to help them and anyone that is really interested in a unique way, I guess, of, of helping bring health in their community and collaboration among the golfers and healthcare industries. And my one thing, if I could present, yeah. my website has been launched and it's mindyder.com. Okay. If people wanted to check out my website. Okay. Mindy Durr, D-E-R-R dot com. Well, this is so needed because as a physician, the neurological community is often, you know, it's sometimes the more difficult to work with because the recovery of neurological injuries is not that fast. And the patient gets very frustrated, especially stroke patients and other patients. And to be able to have something to get up to look forward to that you, you may be making some baby steps, but still progressive steps, I think is great. And using golf as that avenue, I think is is great as well. Right. And I just, I'm thinking about sitting here thinking about barriers. Is this covered by insurance? I mean, I know Ohio Health, but how, how does that work? If somebody wants to, well, to do this, how, how does this work in terms of money? Well, no, it's not. But the fees are just really nominal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Ohio Health has kept it at the way that we had it. So like Mm -hmm. for people coming out to a teaching session, which Mm -hmm. is about an hour, Mm -hmm. it's $10 each. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if they can play golf on the golf course, and by the way, I am going to mention Safari Golf Club by the Columbus Zoo. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, they have been phenomenal partner and we've worked with them since 06. They charge very little and that's why it's important that this type of program is a part of a wellness, health, and recovery right. program mm-hmm. um, because there's no way you can pay enough money to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, too, back to the barriers, and I think the fact that the recovery is not that fast is a really good point. And the probably the number one thing we see, and for myself personally, when MS attacked me last year and I could not walk mm-hmm. was that I did the rehab and the thing that golf helped me the most is and brother Bill mm-hmm. and all of our clients number one thing we see over time is improvement in your balance mm. 
Okay. And we all need it anyway. Oh, but yeah. When I could barely Definitely. walk. I got yeah. on the golf course to mm-hmm. help the clients, mm-hmm. which helped Mindy Durr mm-hmm. walk yes. again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And swing the club again. That's great. And when you have a golf club in your hand, yes. you forget all about any of your difficulties. That's great. You really do. And you focus That's on just... trying to be the best golfer you can be. Wonderful. So, yes, Mindy, this has been definitely a great talk. In closing, what encouragement will you give to folks who are looking to get back to maybe playing golf after they've had maybe some type of injury, neurological injury, or, you know, have one of the progressive things like Parkinson's and so forth? What encouragement will you give to folks like that? Well, it begins with education, Vicki, and if more people knew about the greatness of golf, hence we need the gospel <laughs> of golf, mm-hmm. right. then they would, number one, they, the perhaps patient, but maybe not. The patient may not be very well, mm-hmm. but their care partner, their family needs to be cognizant of golf. So that can come from the community involvement or awareness and education of the many benefits. And it is so social. And I know for a fact, personally and professionally, when a person has some kind of barrier, they become isolated and depressed. So just getting out, as Tom Lehman on the tour used to say, if you have something to look forward to, Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, and something to do and something you love, well, right there's the golf three. Right. Yes. The only other thing I'm thinking about is the wheels are turning, you know, like donating money or have a kitty for people that can't even afford golf clubs. But, you know, to have some money set aside, you know, gather resources for people that because golf can be an expensive sport. I mean, I don't I haven't done it, but I know a lot of people who do. And, you know, to get some of those underserved populations that are affected also by strokes and neurological diseases involved more in just the playing of golf and helping them to progress. Mm -hmm. Well, that's right. And I think the connectivity, if people have any questions, and I help still, like I said, with Ohio Health, but people can check out the website, Ohio Health for Hope. And if they're in the central Ohio area, mm-hmm. and or they can always reach me. Mm-hmm. And up in your area, there's a program in Akron. Okay. There is a Cincinnati Recreation Commission, obviously in Cincinnati, through mm-hmm. their Parks and Rec, they mm-hmm. have what they call an adaptive therapeutic golf program. All right. Okay, and there's a handful of others around the country. Great. So it's good to know. And I appreciate you, Mindy. And and thank you for taking the time. Yeah, I know you're thank busy. Thank you so much. We, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for the opportunity. And let us know how we can further help. Okay. okay. And thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. Now, this is our show, D. So do you have some tips that we should I think about? I do. I love the concept of Ohio Health for Hope. Mindy was great to talk to. What I like about the program is the benefits are physical, mm-hmm. cognitive, and social. Yes. And it was interesting hearing about Brother Bill yes. and his experience with the Ohio Health for Hope. It was a great concept. Uh, she's been doing this for a number of years, and she herself admitted that she has multiple sclerosis, and so yes. it's helping her. Cool. 
kudos to her for doing this. And as I said, for a group of people, strokes and neurological illnesses, again, are devastating. And the recovery is very slow. And to have something like golf to motivate you, which can be fun. Yes. And as she said, nothing is better than having a golf club in your hand. Yeah, isn't that And something? it makes you forget about all the trials and tribulations that you're going through. Yeah. Yes. And I also love that she talked about how that golf, and she can see it, and they've seen it over time, that it increases balance yes. for folks that do have multiple right. sclerosis or any type of these neurological, mm-hmm. you know, exactly injuries. Yeah. So right. that's a good thing, yeah. right? Yeah, it was great. And then, of course, like I said, Brother Bill just Brother loves Bill. that that's program. Great. That's good. And, yeah, that was his saving grace. That's good. Yeah, that was his motivation to get up and do things when yeah. he was in serious yeah. recovery. Because neurological rehab. illnesses can be very depressing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it can be very depressing. Kudos to yeah. Mindy Durr. Yeah. And we want to definitely hear more about her new platform, Mindy's Works, with golf and wellness. Absolutely. For more information, go to our website, www.vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.